Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to the digitally downloaded.net website. My name is Alan. I will be hosting this fine morning slash afternoon slash evening. And with me, as always, is, I've said this before, but the venerable Matthew Sainsbury. Hello, Matt. Hello. It's Matt. Matt, how's, how's, your, how's your month been? Oh, yeah. It's been all right. Be all right. Oh, yeah. Cleo, there are mermaids in the water. <laughs> uh, we also have Harvard. Hello, Harvard. Hello, hello. Good morning. Harvard, are you a, are you a fan of uh, H2O, Just Add Water? <laughs> that is a, that's a classic Australian children's TV show. Yeah? Are you a fan yeah. of it? Did you watch it? I saw a bit of it. Who is your favourite, Cleo, Emma, or Ricky? <laughs> uh, the fire one, because it made the least yeah, sense for a mermaid Ricky. to like make fire. And yet yeah, they just, just went for it. See, I, I watched this recently. I, this is a tangent and a half, but I watched it recently because um, my girlfriend is obsessed with mermaids in Australia because it's hilarious. Um, but the idea of her being able to literally boil someone's blood because they kill someone in one of the episodes and they have to like revive what? them by warming their blood. I'm not messing around. Australian shows are cooked. <laughs> but yeah, so she murders someone. It's great. Anyway, hello, Trent. <laughs> hello. I, I, I was more of a round the twist kind of person. I wasn't yeah, watching round the twist H- was so good. Yeah, that I wasn't was so watching H two O. And also to add on that, I think I, having not seen or if I've seen H two O, it was like twenty twenty five years ago at this point. Like, come on, um, is the one which makes fire? Is she a redhead? Yeah, she's the one who lives in the trailer park because she's a hot headed girl. Yeah, see, it's all, all all the you know that's how they do it. Yeah, it's a horrible show. It's on Netflix. Um, it has some very outdated attitudes towards women. <laughs> um, what, Australia? Really? Yeah, it's pretty grim. <laughs> but um, yeah, it doesn't have the, the willy fish like Round the Twist does, so I guess it's better than that. Round the Twist also has The Lighthouse. It does also have The Lighthouse featuring uh, Robert Pattinson and the Green Goblin. So, And it's on the ocean. Maybe it's in the same location. Maybe H2O is actually part of Round the Twist. I think it's a shame they didn't get John Butler to write the theme song for H2O. <laughs> that's a, that's I a don't understand joke. how your this brain is, this is like the, This is like the most <laughs> Australian intro ever. Like we've just lost, <laughs> every, we've, we've lost every single one of our listeners already. All right, we'll, we'll get into, into it right away then. <laughs>
and it's time for games of August. There are things coming out this month, things that are very interesting looking, things that are may not be so interesting looking. I don't know enough, so I'm doing a little bit of an intro here because I need to make sure I know what I'm talking about and not look like an absolute fool. I fear that I've done that anyway, so Matt, take it away. <laughs> very good introduction, Alan. Top, I know, top this quality. Is, <laughs> this is why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yes, we do have some good stuff coming out in August. Let's uh, start with South of the Circle comes out on August. This is PlayStation 4, I should say. Uh, so, South of the Circle comes out on August 3, and that is you are in a plane that crashes in Antarctica and you need to like survive in the cold because it's Antarctica. So it's a little bit cold. And yeah, that looks good. That's one of them indie artsy games. You're going to enjoy that. And then one day later on August 4, Sword and Fairy Together Forever comes out. This is um, basically China's Final Fantasy. So it's this massive, massive, massive J RPG, not JRPG, massive RPG property out of China. Um, they've made TV shows about it and everything. There's like a stage show and it's this massive multimedia property. And they've only just started to localize them into English. This is the latest one. Uh, you don't need to have played the previous ones to enjoy it. And it looks really, really good. I'm really excited for that. Then we've got Gigabash on August 5. Gigabash is the kaiju thing. So if you like your Godzilla's, then you can enjoy that one. On August 9, we've got Two Point Campus, which is the sequel That's of the sorts. doctor one. Yeah, yeah, but this is now a school, Alan. It's like a oh. college, university. Oh, yes, because let's make profit off students. Yeah, yeah, making yeah. money off students. That, that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, if you enjoyed Two Point Hospital, then you'll enjoy Two Point Campus, one would assume. August 11, we've got Cult of the Lamb coming out. This is an Aussie game. That's going to be really good. good fun. Yeah, it looks good fun. So it's a Devolver Digital published thing, and it looks like a Devolver Digital published thing. So if you like your Devolver, Devolver Digitals, then you'll probably like this one. On August 12, we have Super Bullet Break coming out, which is a not Allen game, a very not Allen game. Oh, but is this like, like one of those ones that like doesn't make any sense, and all of a sudden there's titties? Yeah, it's pretty girls game. Um, with yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a gacha game, but it uses gacha mechanics as like a deck builder. Oh, see, that's my thing though. And I'm it's a, a rogue, and it's a roguelike, and uh, yeah, it's just got lots of pretty girls. So that's the bit you won't like, Alan. I do hate pretty girls. You do. <laughs> that was a very innocuous name for a game about that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah a that was quite quite tame. Yeah, it is. It is pretty innocent named, but yeah, it's a P cube thing. It doesn't look like it's not extreme or anything. So you might. Actually They're trying to learn anyway. how to make their games appeal to Alan. You know, Just tame to sneak name. Them bus. Yeah, yeah, tame name, tame <laughs> graphics. Yeah. Alan, this, like, this is. I'm like the museum guard with like the light and like the hat <laughs> over my eyes, like gently rocking backwards and forwards as I'm falling about, about to fall asleep. And P cube is like sneaking past in like a. <laughs> it's like a trench <laughs> coat full of like anime yeah. girls. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. See, this is the plan along. Mo moving on, August 16 brings Rollerdome, which is it is actually a game adaptation of Rollerdome, the classic. Is classic the right word for it? The classic film about blood sport and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a go. I'm oddly intrigued by this, and it's probably terrible, but it might. Just Who is be it for? Fun. I don't know. It's it's probably for people like me that are just weirdly intrigued by what promises to be a pretty bad game <laughs> that's what i think it's for <laughs> the openness there is quite nice so yeah there you yeah. 
Um, if you like your baseballs, uh, Little League World Series Baseball 22 comes out on August 17. It looks like a kind of arcadey take on baseball, a little bit like uh, Super Mega Baseball. So if it's anything like that, Ooh. then it'll be great fun. Um, yes. It looks good. It looks good. Then we've got Madden comes out on August 19. Oh, it's that time of year. Madden comes out on August 19. So there you go. Your American footballs is there. So yay, I think. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Midnight Fight Express comes out on August 23. Don't know anything about that, but the name intrigues me and the description is like empty. So who knows? That's a, a really good sign. <laughs> a former member of the criminal underworld is lured back to, into the life by a mysterious drone claiming they have until sunrise to prevent a citywide criminal takeover together. It looks like it's going to try and be John Wick or something like that, which, yeah, probably not going to work. But anyway, it's there. It's going to happen. August 23, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Why the hell did they make a fil- a, a game about, like, a, a film show? A game I would about- love a, fil- a feature film of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? It's just one guy <laughs> getting absolutely dunked on for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I love Rove. I seriously don't understand why making a game about like that show now makes sense. But yeah, when did it this? Uh, yeah, who is that for? I don't know. I, I really don't know who that one's for. Um, on August 25, you've got I Was a Teenage Exocolonist, which is just Excuse a great me? sound of a game. Like, I, I don't know anything about it, but that's a great title. That, that's um, a really cool title. I don't know if I agree, but, you know. Agree it's a narrative RPG with card-based battles. Explore and oh. the choices you make and skills you master over 10 years will determine the course of your life and the survival of your colony. And it's just a good name. I like it. Sounds fine. Mm. It sounds like a card okay game. game. On August 25, we've got SD Gundam Battle Alliance, which is strategy. Is that, tact- is that the tactics? No, this is an action RPG. A Gundam action RPG comes out on August 25, which could be cool, I think. Maybe. Yeah, could be. August 26, we've got Soul Hackers 2, which I'm looking forward to a great deal. That is one of the SMT Shin Megami Tensei spin-offs. And yeah, it's looking really good. So I'm definitely going to be playing that. Then we've got on August 26, Pac-Man World Repack. I don't know why they thought they needed to remake Pac-Man the... World, but they have. And why it's coming out. Why do they call out. it Repack? I don't why know. Why do they just call it? Because it's a pun. Yeah, they're, re- like they're repackaging. Why do they call it Pac-Man uh, World? Yeah, yeah. Re- like Pac-Man World new new game or some shit like that. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know anybody. I don't know why anybody thought the need to to remake the original game. But Pac-Man there you go. World, we ruined Miss Pac-Man. It is happening. <laughs> On August 30, you've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kawabunga Collection, which is 13 classic games by Konami, which could be good. I believe all three of the Game Boy ones are there, and I love the Game Boy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, hooray. That's incredible they got the license. I know, I know. I did not think that would ever happen because the license does not sit with Konami anymore. But, yeah, good good on Konami for doing that. So, if you like your Castlevania collection and the Contra collection and whatever, that's what this one's going to be like just with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then we've got Dusk Diver 2 coming out on August 30. This is like a, it's a kind of action persona-like thing or a sequel. The the original Dusk Diver was an action persona type thing, but it was set in 
parts of real world Taiwan. Um, like you didn't their, like their, that side of it, did you? No, I wasn't a too, too, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I liked the concept and I liked mm. the way it was kind of set in, I guess Taiwan's equivalent to Akihabara. Like it's that kind of vibe about it. And uh, yeah, I, I liked everything about it, but the way it played. So I'm looking forward to seeing if Dust Diver 2 can kind of click with me a bit better. Yeah, it looks really cool. <laughs> It's, it's and, such a shame when you come across a game that you're like, this is such a cool concept, a cool idea, but it's just yeah, not executed well at all. Yeah, it just disappointed me in the execution. So I'm really hoping this one turns it around. I actually have a preview of it sitting here waiting for me to find some time to play it this week. So I will Ooh. give it a go when I can. Uh, on August 31, we've got Fantasy Star Online 2 coming to PlayStation finally. And I just know. Really? What? I just know I'm going to play it and it then get been? lost in it. I'm going to get so lost into it. I, I really wanted to play it, but I wasn't going to buy an Xbox for it. So now it's on PlayStation and it's going to be dangerous for me. And I'm going to do it and I'm going to lose all my time. And it's going to be Alan's fault. It's my fault. Yeah, I'm going to blame you. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> all right, so that's <laughs> PlayStation. That one. <laughs> that's PlayStation 4, a lot, see? PlayStation 5 has a lot of the same stuff. I'm just rolling through it to see if there's anything kind of unique to PlayStation 5. There is Way of the Hunter. Now, why do I know? Oh, no. no let's pass on that. That's an actual That's the hunting game. game. It's a yeah, hunting game, yeah. Yeah, let's pass on that one. I do not approve of that. Ah, here we go. Thymesia. Thymesia comes out on August 18. This is an exclusive to PlayStation 4, well, the next generation of consoles. I think it's also on Xbox. But this is Team 17 found themselves a Souls-like. So... And oh, this I is played the, the demo for the, this. This is the one with yeah. the plague, plague Doctors and stuff. And I love Plague Doctors. I, that, that's my kind of horror through and through so it didn't play very well from what oh shush alan don't don't ruin my my excitement i'm sorry <laughs> don't do it to me i'm looking forward yeah to let that. him be disappointed for himself yeah exactly yeah. Let, let me crush his hopes and dreams after the game comes out <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah thanks alan <laughs> no worries <laughs> thanks I'm, a lot i'm not sorry but i'm a little bit sorry yeah how dare you say what games are going to be like alan on this podcast about how <laughs> what games are going to be like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big fuckhead. <laughs> uh, August 23, we've got Saints Row, which I assume Alan will be. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I will, but I'm not going to play which, it for a while. Which Saints Row? Saints Row, the Saints remake. Row. The like it's a new one. reboot, remake. rather. Oh, reboot. Oh, the reboot. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I said the wrong one. But it's brand new. It's set in, like, um, in California rather than in like New York. I was, gonna, I was very curious about where they could take that series after what they did in 4. It was like, I think you're... I think you're out. I think you're done. You're done here. Yeah. Um, no, it's a complete reboot. It's uh, new characters, new location, new everything. Because at the end of four, it just it's pretty clear that they're just like done. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. I'm glad you're looking forward to that, Alan. I'm not. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's gonna be crass my... and stupid and immature, and I'm. It's not. That. It's it's absolutely not my kind of thing. But I'm glad it's there for people that like it. Um, for immature little shits like me. <laughs> on August 30, we've got Inscription coming to PlayStation 5. I'm looking forward to that. Great game. Everybody could not shut up about it on PC. I have been waiting for my chance to play it, and this will be my chance. So there we go. Horror-themed roguelike, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much your thing. It's a card game. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It, yeah it's a card game. Cool. Uh, and then on August 30, Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed comes out. So for Speaking oh, yeah. of crass and stupid humor, there you go. There's more of that coming, Alan. I do love me some. It's also Australian made, isn't it? Originally, like it was made yes, by Chrome. It was. 
Yes, yes, yeah. that's correct. It was an Australian-made series, so good on them. Right, now, moving over to Switch. We just did, like, as many games as we would normally do an entire month, but for I just know. the PS4. <laughs> I know. It's a big month. It's a huge month. Uh, so Switch has a lot of stuff that is also on the other platforms, of course. You've got South of the Circle coming out, which is, looks good. Ah, here's a game that Alan's going to absolutely love. You're going to love this game, Alan. Massage Freaks. And this is a rhythm game with extreme fan service. And yeah, that, that's basically the concept. I think it's video rhythm. games are a mistake as a whole. <laughs> it's, it's a rhythm game where you've got to massage people like in time to the rhythm. And yeah, it's, it's... Do they moan when you do it? Oh, you can guarantee they'll be moaning. No. <laughs> How much of an adapter for the Joy-Con? I just made the same noise that Sideshow Bob makes when he steps on a rake. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to absolutely love Massage Freaks, Alan. Mm. (laughs) Um, On August 5, Toy Soldiers HD comes out, and I'm looking forward to that. The level of glee that you had at that was was adorable. (laughs) Um, Toy Soldiers HD, I'm looking forward to that. That's the um, kind of tower defense, isn't it? Maybe never heard of that name before. Oh, okay, so it came out, I think, on PlayStation 3, I want to say, maybe even 4, the early part of PlayStation 4. And it's basically a toy box. Like, it actually, like, the, the visual thing of it is a toy box, and you've got all these toy soldiers, and it's like a tower defense strategy thing. Um, I, I really wanted to play it back when it came out, and I just never did. So I'm happy that it's coming out on Switch, so I can give it a go. Uh, Switch also gets Two Point Campus, of course. Cult of the Lamb is also coming out on Switch. Super Bullet Break is coming out on Switch. There is a game called Tribes of Midgard coming out on Switch. What I do I played know the, the name PS4, of that? Uh, it was on PS5 as one of the free games. Ah, um, right, right, right. Yeah, It's a top-down like uh, defense, uh, base defense game. It's fine. Oh, cool. Right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's a it's a six and a half out of ten. You know what I mean? Like I would play it for an afternoon. Oh, okay. It's a blockbuster video easy rental game. You know what I mean? Ah, but, cool. Well, sometimes those are good, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a it's an afternoon experience, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, on August eighteen, we've got RPG Time: The Legend of Right. I don't know what that is, but it's, it's RPG Time. RPG Time. <laughs> that's always going to catch my attention if you, if you say RPG Time. I'm like, yep, cool. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Instead of Adventure Time, it's RPG Time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Ward yeah. is going to come and oh, buy a big copyright on it. All right. So on August 25, uh, Idol Manager comes out on Switch. Now, before you say anything, <laughs> Alan, before you say anything, <laughs> this is a actual, this is a legit thing that's like, it's actually pretty critical, I guess, of the whole Idol culture. But you actually do have to build a, an Idol business like an AKB48 from scratch. And you've got to recruit the the, the girls. You've got to set their schedules. Uh, you've got to make sure that they don't get into too much controversy. And there's this pretty kind of extensive storyline that runs through it as well, which is, like I said, pretty critical of the whole idol concept. So, yeah, it's actually pretty neat. Like, I, I went... Oh, I like that. I, I did go in expecting to play a game. This is this was on PC a year or so ago. I did go in expecting to play a game that Alan would roll his eyes at, but it ended up being a lot more than that. So... Wait, yeah. so it's basically the um, the side quest thing in Yakuza. Yes, sort of, but yeah, different. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's 
a genuinely good thing. So I'm glad it's coming out on Switch. I don't think it's yeah. done so well on PC, but it might catch a new audience on Switch. Um, rolling through, again, a whole bunch of stuff. Pac-Man Repack comes out on Switch as well. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out on Switch as well. So does Dusk Diver. And, ah, oh, finishing off the month for the Switch, we've got Prinny Presents Nis Classics Volume 3, which is La Pucelle Ragnarok and Rhapsody, A Musical Adventure, which are two PS2-era classic uh, JRPGs. And, yeah, that, those packs have been pretty good so far. Each time there have been two games that just wouldn't get a re-release by themselves, but by putting them together as kind of a, a two-pack collection they can price it as a full as a full game they can price it as a full game they can position it in a way that people will buy it and out of curiosity and they give these games a, a second run so lapisel La is excellent and rhapsody is really really good so yeah that'll be a good way to finish off the month and at the end of that we're all going to be dead because we wouldn't have slept a wink for the entire month what a month of sleep games. is for cowards anyway yeah what a month of games jesus christ um Harvard, pick one. <laughs> oh boy. You're stuck on an uh, island and for some reason you get access to, to one game that comes out in August and that's it. Um, which one will it be? There's a lot of like things that make me go, oh yeah, I'd play that. But nothing that stands out as just absolutely incredible for me. But I think the one I'd enjoy the most is the TMNT collection. I'm, I'm big yeah. on all those Konami collections. And Konami has made some really good collections. They have, haven't they? It's like, People, people love to rag on Konami, but those collections have been really good. The Castlevania one, I absolutely love. Both of them, actually. The GBA Castlevania one as well. Um, because I, I bought the um, the Symphony Plus um, Rondo one, which was really, really cool. Oh, right. Yep. Oh, that was on PS PlayStation, right? Yeah. It was yeah, on everything. It's not on Switch. Mm, I think it's on Switch. I don't think so. Pretty sure there's no Symphony on no sim uh, symphony on switch there's no symphony on switch nope no that's insane that game is very good it should be on everything yeah so the switch has got the gba collection which is the three three kind of um metroidvanias as well as for some reason one of the other castlevanias i can't remember which and then it's there's dracula also, x or something yeah dracula x which is just there for one some weird reason it to make it for yeah it doesn't really belong in the collection and then there's also the Castlevania collection, which is like the NES through to the Super mm. NES, NES Castlevanias with all the ones in between. And um, that one's pretty good. That's the one I've You know what collection with. they need to make? They need to make a Survival Kid slash Lost in Blue collection. I'd be down for that. Lost in Blue is the diving game, right? No, no, no it's Lost in Blue is a spiritual successor to Survival Kids. Yeah, you're stuck on an island, you've got to survive, Alan. There's a oh, DS one title. It's like, sh oh, you're, you're, shit. you're shipwrecked. I that, know this was, game. That, no, there was three DS games. There was one Wii game, and then there was the two Game Boy Color games, which were called Survival Kids. And the second one only came out in Japan. And the second one had an even more bizarre plot in terms of their whole evil guys are like doing all this weird stuff. There were volcanoes, oh, yeah. all this other cool stuff. It's yeah. never just survival. It's always just like also the mafias on the island for some reason. I do like that. Yeah, but that's not coming out in August, so stop giving people hope. Oh, ever. <laughs> um, Alan, what about you? Pick one game. I, I honestly could not tell you one thing that we've gone through in this list that I'm like, yeah. Really? Um, you went yeah for Saints Row. I did, but like, even then, I'm not going to buy it. 
for a very long time. You know what I mean? Maybe I mean, it's I'll, just too many games, so it's hard to. It's pick too out many one. bloody games, honestly. Yeah. That, this is the issue: is that by the time you're listening to this, everyone, uh, Xenoblade Three would have come out, and that's basically the only game that I'm interested in purchasing for a very long time. So, like, you know, <laughs> games are cool. Okay, I'll pick so... Saints. I'll pick Saints Row out of like obligation, <laughs> but I'm not happy about it, Harvard. All right, and Trent, what about you? <laughs> See, I was kind of vibing south of the circle because you accidentally said Antarctica, not ent- the Antarctic. But then, uh, so I had like awesome. It is Antarctica. It's not. In, it's not the Arctic. Yeah, it is because it's got penguins and polar bears and like the UK. Dude, it's Antarctica. It's Antarctica. Is it? I'm telling you, yes, it is Antarctica. Well, why are all the maps? Why do you think it's called Antarctica? south of the circle? Because it's south of the. <laughs> Thing. The I don't know. Well, if it's definitely Antarctica, I'm all for that because I, I've flown, I've been, I've done the like the flyovers of Antarctica and like fell into Antarctica. Well, not fell into Antarctica. <laughs> you fell like, into if, Antarctica. That's <laughs> fell in into the continent right itself. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like they do like pretty low flights, like down to like only like five thousand feet. Anyway, so my my whole thing is, what if uh, like something like that crashed? And it could be like a cool survival game, and even though it's like modern, like no, like no, the games like like the 60s or whatever it is, like an old game. That could be cool. That could be a vibe. That would be a vibe. Just never go to yeah, a Yeah, yeah. It is, it is set in the 60s and it's it's like a, it's a love story between two characters set against the Cold War. So it's like a, it's this narrative adventure thing rather than just a survival thing. So but what you're uh, saying is this game is actually about the conspiracy theory that Hitler has a base in the Antarctica. Yeah, something like that. Probably. This that game is- sounds more and more wild the more you talk about it. Yeah, I thought it was just like a "you're on the ice, don't die." No, no, no. This is like you, you look up the art and stuff. It's got this kind of um, impressionist style, very indie look about it. And yeah, it's it's just about it is about survival, but it's also like the the socio political uh, you know situation of the time, and it is a bit of a romance story in there, but. Um, it, it looks really nice. It looks really, really good. I feel like I'm going to get disappointed because I played that. What was the one with the hiking dogs and they like would go into the snow and then yeah, I did that. Go. That was terrible. Yeah. But that was like a yeah. roguelike. That was like a roguelike thing, um, and it, it was not good at all. This one is not. This is like a. I don't know how to how else to describe it. It's kind of it's just a narrative story driven thing. It's like what you'd expect a Annapurna. Is that how you say it? Annapurna yeah. to, to publish, but they're not. But it's that kind God. of vibe about it. So, yeah, it, it looks really nice. It's it's going to be cinematic and, yeah, neat. I'm looking forward to giving that a go. Um, but that's not what I pick. My pick for this month would be Sword and Fairy Together Forever. Uh, I really loved Sword and Fairy 6 when it came out on PS4 a few years ago. And this one looks even better. Um, it's very Chinese. Like it's very, very Chinese in the same way that Final Fantasy is very Japanese. So um, I hope it does well. <laughs> I really hope that they can they can uh, get more uh, more traction for Chinese games. Yes.
So in the last month, there has been a really large, high-profile release in the world of video game to cinema slash TV. And uh, in the nicest way possible, I don't think there should have been. Um, I'm, of course, talking about the wonderful Netflix series of Resident Evil, a show that I finished, but I think finished me way before <laughs> I was finished with it. Um yeah, uh, I mean, I if, you, if, you guys... if you got if you got past the first episode, then you're really just there for out of obligation, I guess, to finish it. It's, <laughs> it's like I was hooked in the worst kind of way possible. They they like, they did a study that like people can't stand leaving things unfinished. Like if you if you're listening to a music track, right, and it finishes midway through, there's a sizable percentage of the population that just can't handle that. They they did they find it very kind of uncomfortable and i'm pretty sure that the entire netflix show is based on uh the assumption that getting those people in to watch it because anybody else would turn out after the first tune out after the first episode it was yeah it was terrible yeah it was (laughs) was no because in stockholm syndrome you end up loving it there was no way anybody's gonna end up loving this this show yeah uh i mean i've never expected a show called resident evil based on one of my favorite series to uh make me watch a scene where the head of the umbrella corporation is puppeteered into dancing and singing don't start now by dua lipa what what i wish i wish i was like talking shit this happens i feel it like sounded- me and harvard hasn't seen it yet <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you just made that up as a joke no that happens you know what really got me was like so many scenes of it are just random things that are thrown in there for like they were I remember doing a zombie thing back at university for film studies class and I swear the the production standards and the framing of the camera and all that stuff was pretty much about what this Resident Evil series was. And I'm not saying that, like, I was definitely not a good at any of this. So this is a very amateurish um, production in every way. In every way. In the nicest way possible, it comes across like a student film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Um, But without the charm and without the hope that I have to see them do better in the future and without like the quality that actually shines through as often and also just without everything that I think is good about cinema um it it has so many moments where it comes across like it's written like a life is strange game as well yeah it's weird they tried to like mesh that they make it they make it so weird and it's not Resident Evil like none of it feels like Resident Evil and it's also feel like the, the movies. It's it's like this desperate effort to make Resident Evil like liberal woke, like American liberal woke. You know, if, if that makes sense. Like that's that's the vibe they're going for. They're trying to mm, refocus. Like they're trying to catch to that audience with this thing. That's the the demographic they're going after, and it's it's just it's just totally out. Like it, it doesn't yeah. make sense at all. Because. I don't know who it's for because it's not well, for those me. People, it's exactly for those people. It's like for But that. they're not going to watch it. I know. I know. <laughs> Why would you I, make it? I know. It's 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 a very uniquely this is for a very specific American audience made TV show and I I, I don't like it. Um I didn't think it would be possible to make a worse Resident Evil thing than the recent Resident Evil film. Oh, uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah, where they tried to like 
Meshi and Resident Evil 1 into it. And the only thing about that entire film that was worthwhile was they actually did a decent job of capturing the the mansion kind of lobby. Like that was good. Yeah. The one scene where they walking into the lobby of the mansion, that was pretty spot on to the to the game. But the rest of the film, literally every other second of the one and a half hours of it was just the worst trash. And I did not think it would be worse, impossible to do worse than that. But at least that film was Resident Evil, as bad as it was. This thing is not Resident Evil at all. At no, all. It has nothing to do with it. It's yeah. insane to me. There's also a character who has the worst accent I've ever heard in my life. And... I hope it's not their real accents. I'm not working like, <laughs> on them. I genuinely hope that's not the case. But like, I mean, I kept forgetting that Wesker was Wesker, even though he kept saying his name every two seconds. Like, I just I, kept forgetting this is not Wesker. This, he, he, well, I, I couldn't, Wesker. couldn't get my, I couldn't get my head around that this guy is Wesker. It didn't make sense. He's just a me. nice man in the show. <laughs> yeah. He's fine. He's just a good guy. And then you think back, and it's like this is the same Wesker that died in 2009 in a fucking volcano with a rocket launcher. And I was like. Oh, okay. They're just doing it. All right. And then, uh, so what really pisses me off, this is now turning into an angry video game nerd thing. What really pisses me off is they took so many things from the video games and reappropriated them without any like concern for what the implication would be. So it's set in the same universe as the games, but not all of the games. So it's set up to, I think, Resident Evil 5. It's in the same world. But then after that, nothing else matters but then there's also the mold from resident evil 7 so they've cut out a whole bunch of like the terror save stuff from revelations they've cut out all of six they've cut out like a bunch of just random stuff and it's not really explained what timeline we're in and the, the whole show right does this thing where it goes between two different periods of time one where the main character is a teenager so it's a teen drama it's riverdale but worse than riverdale in every <laughs> single way it's awful truly awful um and then it goes into the future where it's the main character as a like zombie survivor slash researcher thing. They don't explain how she gets to that point at the start of the future section. They don't explain who the child's father is. They don't explain like half of the important, interesting stuff that's set up in like the, the future setting. And it just, it just ends and nothing's yeah, ever explained. Season, Alan. No, so you watch the second season. There is not going to be one. This is not going to get a second season. This is not going there to is, get a second season. It has a 3.2 on like IMDb. <laughs> it's, it's not getting a second season. The intention the was for the second season. Yeah, the intention was for the... Yeah, you're right. You are right. Oh, probably... Did you like the James Corden character who wasn't James Corden but might as well have been James Corden? No. Oh, I didn't either. <laughs> I... I... I honestly did not aggress- I aggressively disliked every everything about this show. Everything. Like, it was there, is, there was nothing that redeemed it at all. Zero. Um, also, the Zootopia porn joke. That was normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, I mean... What is this show? <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you should watch the first episode just to see just how bad it really is. If but... you can stomach it, because it is a slog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is right up there with with. I I kid, I kid you know, I made a tweet about this. Like I, I've seen all the bad science fiction films from the fifties and sixties. I love that stuff. Like this old, old science fiction and horror genres, which are just everything is terrible in them, and they're a joke. Uh, I, I love that stuff, and I just this this is just beyond the worst of the worst of that stuff. <laughs> 
Um, it's offensive that nothing happens in its eight hours of runtime. The final episode is an hour and ten minutes. It is almost feature film length, and nothing happens. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's just very amateurish. So, and I guess uh, to 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 broaden it, um, to to make this thing kind of a, a conversation, <laughs> um, why do you think it is that they struggle so much to adapt video games to to film because or to television or film because it's not just this one. It's very rare, very rare that somebody is able to to turn a video game or a game in general into a film and make it successful. Like as we record this, the trailer for the Dungeons and Dragons film, the new one, is all of one day old. And it is a raging trash fire that as a Dungeons and Dragons fan, since I was like a kid, I am offended by its just very existence. Um, And it it looks like it's going to be much the same thing. And that's it would be so easy to do a Dungeons and Dragons film if you had the right people behind it, I would think. It's just a fantasy adventure movie. Well, they've got like entire series of books with great characters that they could easily yeah. go and convert into a film. But instead they've gone and created this thing where Chris Pine is running badly and there's like a dragon shooting brown poo rather than fire. Oh. <laughs> and... Um, Sounds well, shit. That's what it, 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 that's what it looks like. It, it, I think it's I think it's meant to be like oil, and then the dragon comes back and shoots fire or something, and it all burns. But it doesn't come across that way at all. Anyway, it looks like an absolute trash fire. So, Harvard, why do you think they struggle so much to take video games or gaming properties and turn them into interesting cinema and or television? So I've got two theories. First of all, is that whenever you're adapting from game to film, you're actually taking out a big dynamic of it. Like, I don't think anyone plays the Resident Evil games for narrative, right? And me. if you were actually... ironically, <laughs> 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 me. Yeah, but if, like, if they took out all of the gameplay from, like, Resident Evil 4 and just made you watch the cutscenes as a film, it would be a bad film, right? It would be phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. People <laughs> no, do no, it's... YouTube, of this. <laughs> I, I would watch that every night and when she says your right hand comes off, I would cheer. <laughs> okay, I so also that's my first theory gone. Yeah, I no, that, that is a good theory, I reckon, Harvard. I, I, I think you're right there. That like the, the gameplay is pretty important to those experiences, the interactivity. And the, the other thing is people don't set out to make video game movies or TV shows because they like the property and because they want to tell a good story because the game did that, right? The game is there to tell that good story. Mm. Whenever anyone makes any of these, it's just like, we have an established fan base and we can sell them some crap. Oh my God, you're so right. Like there was a great, there's a great example of that. Um, There was, remember the Warcraft film? Yeah, yeah, the one with like Duncan Bourne's. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe, I mean, it was relatively good. Duncan Jones, I mean, sorry. it, It was relatively good by film adaptations of properties but it was still a very content thing right and I remember this interview where a really well-respected film journalist was talking to the director of it and the director kept talking in kind of PR video game terms like we think the fan base is going to enjoy this we've created great content something something and the the journalist ended up getting up and walking out because (laughs) uh, it's not not like a it's not film right it's not made to tell a story with film it's just selling some crap yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the a merchant story that's been told before. It's brand management or merchandising opportunities rather than an effort to 
to actually bring this stuff into a different medium. So you're, you're totally right. Like for all the criticism I have of Marvel and even DC films, they seem to be much more genuine attempts to, to take the base property and actually turn it into something that's appropriate for film. It's like how I tweeted that uh, the new uh, Doctor Strange is like way better at doing all those jump scare stuff than any of the more recent residential, re ah, residential, <laughs> Resident Evil stuff because that's that's like the the like what they're trying to do in the new Doctor Strange is basically all that B grade horror is like the whole film, and like I mean even that's a bit jarring in how they've done it, but like it sounds like at least that's a more bit more tolerable than what recent Resident Evil uh, TV and movies have done. So. Well, I mean, you think about like zombie movies, right? The, the actual cinema world of zombie movies, there's a lot of really smart films. <laughs> like uh, Romero's films are all notoriously intelligent first and foremost, and then kind of jump scare B-grade horror second. Uh, it's kind of just the, the format that he uses to deliver some pretty compelling um, messages and themes. There's also like 28 Days Later and various other zombie films which use the zombies in a way that they then make, make some kind of, you know, uh, theme and messaging to get across. Whereas the video game adaptations of Resident Evil and whatnot, they're not really there to try and say anything meaningful. They're just there to, to put Resident Evil in in, in film form. So I think that's part of it as well. When you're a filmmaker with a working on an original property or an adaptation of something outside of games, you probably have a little bit more leeway to, to actually say something. And then you've also yeah. got the other issue, I guess, where with video games, like, you know, 28 days later, like everyone, everyone can joke that that's basically the last of us as like, you know, a movie, like a lot of those zombie movies, you can be like, that's the last of us. Whereas like, Whereas the Last of Us, the Last of Us is not going to be a good TV show. Is it oh, a yeah, like wait. exactly. <laughs> it Can't is wait not to watch that one. Crash and burn. It's going to be so awful. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> but the other like, thing is, I feel like that's a good point. I feel like the, a lot of narrative video games are pulling stuff from film anyway. So when you readapt mm. it back into film, it's just. It's just well, reach. It's like it's like whispers, right? It's retreading content that's already been or ideas that have already been done before, but with this new garbled inability to understand what made the original so great and so worth making. That's it. Like res the original Resident Evil was an attempt to take Romero's kind of zombie thing and put it in a video game, but without the social commentary and the kind of the you know the the political elements that were in Romero's stuff. So as a result, you had this really kind of entertaining and very campy kind of B-grade shooty action thing. So then when it comes time to take that and turn it into a film, what you've got is like, it's like Chinese, Chinese whispers <laughs> of, of taking, taking the original concept and uh, making little changes each way. And by the end of it, it, it doesn't resemble anything like what the original intent was. So yeah. Uh, on a positive note, though, I think the only one that's actually done that well was, funnily enough, the Sonic movies. Like The last two Sonic movies have taken the elements of Sonic that were key to the character and then did something with it, rather than just trying to take a game story and telling it again, but worse. I think Detective Pikachu was actually really good. I was going to say that as well, yeah. It's it was fine. Kind of because it was like they weren't, they weren't trying mm. to be Pokemon, you know? Like they took yeah. the idea of Pokemon, but then turned it into its own thing. They, they, yeah. 
Whereas, and I, I haven't seen the Sonic films because Sonic, but I, from what I understand- They're really it, good. It is basically <laughs> that. Right. It's like they've taken the Sonic games, but made their own thing with it rather than, than just try to, to push the video game content into to film. Yeah. I think that's what also went wrong. Remember Doom with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? That was a UA Bowl movie though, right? That was like that was never gonna be a no, good movie. no, it was not a UA Bowl film. It was actually oh, was it, it, was, it was actually a fairly high budgeted film. I don't know the director. I can't remember the director off the top of my head, but it wasn't UA Bowl. It was a it was a guy that kind of knew what he was doing. <laughs> but they lost me. They lost me when they had like oh, the first so shooter good. segment. Oh, they did that in Resident Evil as well. But they Resident Evil is not even a first person shooter. Yeah, I know. No, but Doom had this long, extended first-person shooter sequence, which was which was hilariously bad because it's like, yeah, it, it was just so look good. No, but speaking, that speaking of great. speaking of UA Bowl, he did that too with his House of the Dead film, which was his breakout oh, God. film. He but instead of having the actors do first-person shooter bit, he just took footage out of the game and stuck it into the film. <laughs> That's, I've not watched it out of like fear, but that's phenomenal. You have to. That's a level of not giving a shit that I appreciate on a personal level. House House of the Dead is an excellent film. <laughs> like you, when you've got a lot of alcohol. But was Uwe Boll the guy who threatened to fight journalists? Yes. Yes, yes he was. Yeah. Yes. He didn't do that. Uwe <laughs> oh, Boll had, had such an interesting career because like he is just an objectively bad filmmaker, right? And at the start, he was doing House of the Dead and Alone in the Dark and those kinds of films, which were- Oh, Alone just... in the Dark with Tara Reid as a scientist. Yeah. And, he, and it was, they were just so obscenely terrible. They were kind of entertaining. Something happened though. Like after he got, after he did five or six films, Yui Bol started to get a little bit better. Not good, not good by any means, but just a little bit better. So his films stopped being so stupid and that made them even worse, funnily enough. So he, oh, did, he did the postal movie. I knew he did a video game. Yeah, he did postal movie and also what was it? Dungeon he did in the name of the king. Dungeon, a Dungeon yeah, King soil story. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that that film, that film is the but Jeremy closest, Irons. That film is the closest that Yui Bowl gets to competent. And as a result, Shit. it's actually his least watchable <laughs> film because it's just it's just bad. It's not bad funny. It's not bad hilarious. It's not it's not blood rain bad. Oh it's, god, I forgot about blood rain. Blood Rain was Oh, crazy. no. Blood Rain, do you know what I love most about Blood Rain is he was doing, again, I was reading interviews that he did uh, in promoting this film and his his entire interviews for that film were basically like, yeah, we got her naked. Like that was his, that was his like key take point. That, that was it. That was it. That, that I was mean, he, that he knew what the audience wanted. <laughs> yeah. That was the audience for Blood Rain. Like, what do you want from him? We got her naked and she was so hot. <laughs> he's just yeah. like he's the creepiest guy. Like, I mean, oh, he was just doing it all as like a scam for like the German tax system or something, right? Well, that was the other thing. It was he yeah. was actually making a lot of money from it because he was exploiting <laughs> a loophole. And it was like that Mel Brooks film. I can't remember the, the name of it, but like they had to make the worst film the pos- they possibly could because company. the company, oh, the producers, yes, the producers, the, no, the producers, the producers, producers, not company. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, and. It was basically like live action, the producers, like live, it's, real life, real life, the producers. He was, it's phenomenal. And now he's listening I, to this. He's going he's gonna to threaten, like, he's going he's gonna to challenge <laughs> me to a boxing match now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's such a limit with like video game adaptations. If it's not being done with 
just like the world and the setting and then completely different characters, I think it's not worthwhile watching because why would you watch something that's just the same thing but told in a medium that's less reactive to you? I mean, the, you one, I mean? I did, like, the one I did enjoy, and I don't think it's a brilliant film, but I think it's it's quite watchable and for, for what it is. I, I like the Silent Hill film. Yeah. I did like they the did their Silent own thing. Hill. They, they did, and they just focused on capturing the atmosphere, and Silent Hill is just an atmosphere thing. Like, mm. it's, it's an intelligent kind of series of games as well, but the thing that you remember most from Silent Hill is that atmosphere, and I think they focused on that quite well and did a good job with it, and yeah, I quite enjoyed that film. It's like yeah. how Shattered Memories will always be the best Silent Hill game, because it's just like, at that point, Silent Hill was just like so mainstream and it was just so completely different to anything else in the property at that point and it's so good did i see did i see news that kojima's looking at doing a film maybe he, kojima's that, doing his own thing at this point he's also apparently the one who shot the former prime minister <laughs> so he's, I, he's very busy i think i'm pretty sure i saw something about kojima productions actually getting into filmmaking and i believe it Death Stranding the film. If Kojima's involved, I could see that working. I mean, he always wanted to be a film director anyway. Well, I mean, it's pretty he's also obvious. got an Xbox project or something, which is apparently he's working into. And and about the thing about him shooting the like the the, the president, apparently he's like uh, trying to sue like all, all like the right wing like media and stuff like that. We spread that image and all this other stuff. It's well, it was funny. It was funny because it was just somebody probably Google like 4chan Jack. post. No, I, I'm pretty sure what happened. Well, I mean pretty sure I, I, the only way i can see it happening was somebody google searched for like japanese guy che guevara and found a bunch of photos of you know um kojima with shay shirts or near artworks or whatever because he's a he's a well-known fan of the guy and um yeah that that's just where that story came from which i think is it's I think insane it's hilarious it's utterly it's- mental <laughs> <laughs> i um yeah, just to go back on track, though, I, I think that if there was to be another movie or another TV series of a video game, I think the one that I would want to see, and this is a bit, it, it's odd because I don't think there's any reason for it, but I just want to see like a Sea of Thieves one because I think that that is the easiest way to get like in the world, just say, oh, it's pirates sailing around. Each episode like, focuses on a new pirate. You know what I mean? Like it's nothing to do with the game. It's just in the world. The I can't is, take that game seriously anymore ever again. Why? Because of the stupid the stupid immature joke. What's that? You, you know the joke, Alan. No, I don't. You 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 know the joke, Alan. I'm losing my mind. Should I know the joke? <laughs> no, no, no. So so you ask someone, hey, do you want to play a Sea of Thieves? And they go, What's the of Sea of Thieves? And you say Sea of Thieves fit in your mouth. What? <laughs> I, I just got uh, utterly mind I'm, I'm by absolutely that. lost here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What high school is Harvard story? It's just, it's a D's nuts joke. Oh, uh, it's the D's. Oh. Harvard. So going back to I Alan's thought you were better than point, that. Yeah. They, they, they could make it as like an anthology series. Exactly. Where it's like a different, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fun. I would love that. I'd also love a, a Forza Horizon series where it's just a bloke going, oh, I want to go vroom. Only if they got Baby Driver directed to do it. Yeah, if they got Edgar Wright to do it. It'd be <laughs> yeah, awesome. that would be amazing. 
Um, oh, I'd actually watch that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Actually, now, now I want that to happen. <laughs> that, what would you? Crash. What would you want as a series then, Matt? Well, the thing is, a lot of the stuff I would like or would have thought would work as a series just hasn't. Um, like I would have thought Dynasty Warriors would work as a film because it just kind of captures the the action bits from Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and that's just three hundred. Yeah, that's just like yeah. A well, war. that's what I was expecting. I thought just do three hundred the Dynasty Warriors edition, but then I watched the Dynasty Warriors film, and no, nah, not even close. Um, they absolutely messed that one up. And then I also would, I honestly would have thought that Assassin's Creed would have worked as a film, and that film that was did such not a bad work. Film. And oh it my wasn't, god, that was and so it wasn't, bad. And it wasn't because they lacked for anything. Like the the director was an excellent talent. He's the guy that did the Macbeth film, which is a yeah. They got film. Michael Fassbender to do this. They got Fassbender, who's a very good quality actor. Like the, there was no reason that film should have failed, except for oh, the and they spent a lot of money too. Did exactly it was the entire time I was watching, film. I was like this was very expensive to make why'd you do this and that, they've just messed it up completely and i was genuinely offended by it because i used to be a big fan of assassin's creed um and i was expecting that could work like i, I really thought that could work so it was I, because I'm, it was a fan service film it was like you you played the game so you care about the stupid sci-fi yeah story. i think that's it i think that's it i think they just relied too much on it it just pulling money in from like you were saying before you know this was made just to pull money in from existing fans rather than it's where's wally but for video <laughs> it really is yeah it's like get the reference that's what you're here for you're spending two hours being like i know what that reference is i played a game one time and other than that i think most of the stuff i like just doesn't work as film like i i can't think of a single jrpg that would work in film persona was a tv vision. series it, it's it's like if i, made I couldn't a see that working movie. as and all the portal movie had was like the it's a cake it's it's a cake thing as the oh, reference just be like memes, over yeah. and over again yeah yeah let's yeah, I couldn't no. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't see Persona working as live action because the characters are too distinctive and the minute you turn them into humans like it kind of it wouldn't work um, yeah when Teddy became a human I hated it yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't think that would work. Uh, the fighting games I like, I mean, we've all oh, <laughs> they did, Bloodline. They did, try, they did try and do a dead or alive film, and that didn't quite work. Um, I mean, isn't the Mortal Kombat film good? No, yeah, made in Adelaide as well. No, yes, no, no, no. Transmit was no. the new one, not the old one. Yeah, no, yeah. no, Adelaide. I, I'm going to keep saying it as long as I need to. No, <laughs> it's film. It's film. It film was not good at all. It was, I, I have very strong thoughts about this Mortal Kombat film. And it's totally fine. None of them are positive. The it's, the one, the... It's, it's the one film where I, I, I actually went and looked for that, you know, that Cinema Mistakes, terrible YouTube channel? <laughs> oh, actually, God, Sins, yeah. Cinema Sins, yeah. I actually went and looked for the Mortal Kombat one for that because I just wanted to find material to hate on that film and it gave me plenty. I, hate I thought it was fine. It I was hate it. Totally reasonable. It's better than Resident Evil. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, I like the 80s. Like, the like 80s scale. Mortal Kombat films was good. Yeah, 80s, the original Mortal Kombat's great. I think yeah, this yeah, one is like a point. close second. And then <laughs> no. the third one is like insanely bad. Armageddon, what the hell it's called. Horrific. Um, Shane, what would be one game that you would want to see as a TV show? Or a game? Yeah, oh, I, I like stuff which like 
It's a TV show or movie. I, I, I like stuff which like rides into that whole B grade stuff. Like I really loved the original Resident Evil stuff. Like I could easily see like Survival Kids Lost in Blue sort of stuff where it's like it just takes the fact that you're on an island and there's like a mafia thing and just ride that whole movie. It's like some B grade survival. Isn't Survival <laughs> Kids isn't Survival Kids the film just Castaway? Or lost? No, I mean, yeah, but there's like a B grade, <laughs> oh, like the you know, there's a the whole conspiracy theory behind it. You gotta play into the film. Yeah, that's, like, lost. That be... that's lost. <laughs> it's lost, <laughs> but with less budget and less quality. <laughs> lost, lost, never, not lost, never really leads anywhere. Lost is lost. Yes, in... it does. It leads to it a smoke monster. <laughs> yeah, it leads to more questions. <laughs> yeah, in... that are never answered and are completely pointless, and it's a waste of time. No, a- you know what I actually think would legitimately work is like just something like um, I didn't actually think about that when I said that. <laughs> um, I I really think like a, you know like a something really stupid like Fortnite maybe like that would no, be funny actually. No, no, just no, go, no. Why are you like, saying this? So- Don't no, like, them. No, like something just really, really like off the beaten path, like something really stupid. And as a video game property, it's like crap. Yeah, just make like, a Saints Row film. Yeah, I, t- yeah, I totally yeah, see what you mean. I totally see. Like yeah. t- in my head, the Lego films are video game films because the Lego games were first, right? Yeah. And it's the same attitude of we'll just take an existing property and like make it fun by thinking what if it was Lego? Like that was fine. That was enjoyable, but it was dumb, but it was good. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... So something like that, maybe, maybe like I don't know, like yeah, Fortnite yeah. or oh, Among Us, Among Us, Among movie. Us no, and Among Us would be like a five-minute-long like cartoon. It'd be like a four five guys, minute long, like, four guys, movie. the television show. Oh, that just, would also be actually that would be pretty funny. It'd just be like a, a bunch of people in kind of rubber suits doing the Takeshi's Castle kind of thing. There's running through. So it's just Takeshi's Castle. So, so essentially, <laughs> essentially Raymond. You're just you're so, just watching so Takeshi's four guys Castle movie. Just, just with with basically like the floor is lava mixed in. That that's what that's what four guys would be. Raymond's no. floor is lava. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a copy of Takeshi's Castle on DVD, cross out the name and write it. It's written the four guys. And give it to Matt and be like, it's the four guys. They did it for you. (laughs) (laughs) And Harvard, what would be be one show that you want to see? I would want like something that's just already a good story, but bad gameplay. So either a visual novel or like, you know that Mafia game, Mafia 3? That was, yeah, Mafia 3 is really, really cool as a story, but the worst gameplay yeah, of all time. Exactly. Really good as a story, but I could do with the, the shooty that's taken out. Like, that would make a good movie. Or, like, we'll 13 say, Sentinels. Um, oh, that would be a fun movie. Yeah. It'd probably work better as a TV series just because it's got so many plot lines that it would need to. Oh, that would be such a good idea. It's like a TV yeah. series with 13 episodes that you watch yeah, in yeah, whatever yeah. order you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, I will say one thing that could work. Uh, this never got released outside of Japan, but uh, if you watch it, it's pretty funny. It's when they use the television show to kind of parody the, the base property. So they made a Dragon Quest, but it wasn't called Dragon Quest, but they, they made a Dragon Quest television show, uh, which is real actors kind of walking around in line um, behind one another, throwing pots into the ground and having turn-based combat with kind of, you know, um, person dressed up as slime and it, it's a comedy show like it, it is just there to satirize the the genre 
and that could work for for more things um yeah i, I mean if if i was to to do a the last of us tv show i would just make fun of the last of us and rather than trying to do it self-serious i think that's part of the problem with a lot of these kind of adaptations they're too too self-serious they're um, trying to be art but they're not because they're stupid they're just trying to be like yeah the the base property is serious as such so they're they're, they're not having fun enough with it um so yeah i, I think that could work as well I'm going to be really honest, though. I, I love Disco Elysium a hell of a lot. I have zero interest in watching that show because the entire point oh, of Disco they're, Elysium they're is making play a, they're, Yeah, they're making a TV show about it. That's going to be terrible. That's Unless be they terrible. don't... The whole I hope they don't sh- make it about Harry Dubois. I don't want that. The whole, the, whole point want of that. that the whole point of that game is to pick which of the four kind of political alignments you want to, to kind of go down, which path. So what are they going to do? Shoot four different versions of it and let you select which one? Do you want to do the communist oh, version like of the show Netflix or the fascist version movie. of the show? Yeah, would just be playing the game. Yeah, just go play, play the, the game at that game. point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I have no interest in Disco Elysium. I, I think that I love, the, the game itself is just one of my favorite games. So Phenomenal. It's, it's, it's got nothing to do with the property. It's just the one thing about that game the whole point of it was to to kind of go down the political ideological rabbit hole and when you replay it go down a different one so you play as the communist one time then the next time you you go down the fascist hole if you can i can never select the right choices to do that because i just can't bring myself to do so but anyway um you, you do you do go down different paths and you see how it kind of affects the plot the the tv show is going to assume that there's just one version of that which is defeating they- the they better make completely. Harry a massive communist. They better make him a fucking communist. I'm pretty I'm sure. So like, just off. the the feeling I get from the game is that path is kind of the default one that you're meant to go down. Like that. That's just the feeling I get from it. Is that's the way that the red developers kind of assume people would want to go. Um, hmm. But who knows if the TV show will be like that? It's been adapted for TV. It's going to be Americanized and it's going to be based off the American political system because that's the only right way to be political. And they're going to play Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa and then Harry DeBoer is going to start dancing to it. It's going to be great. Anyway, don't watch Netflix's Resident Evil series. Horrible show. Yeah, that's, we, we just spent the last 35 minutes of this, po- this podcast just to say that, really. That, that yeah, was that the was, whole That was the extent. That was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, before, we, before we started this section, I was saying to Matt, I just want to talk about how much I hated that show. <laughs> he was like, yeah, all right, let's go. So, the show, the yeah. show was so bad, it made us talk about how every game movie is bad, not just Except Resident Sonic. <laughs> Except Sonic. <laughs> Your Which boy, is Sonic. insane to me.
So one of the biggest releases of the last couple of weeks has been a little old game called Stray. Emphasis on the word little. Um, there has been a bit of argument online at the moment about the length of Stray being only about sort of five hours. And I say only about, but that makes it sound way worse than it actually is. Um, I think we've had this discussion a couple of times before on this podcast, but it's one of those things where... It never goes away. Argument. Yeah, it keeps coming back every like year. And it's, it's like the every, same... every, every time a like reasonably high profile game is less than unlimited hours long. The, yeah. It just... Just keeps coming up again. It happened with Goose Game. Remember that? Everybody loved yeah, Goose Game. Everyone was like, it, it was a game scream about it. Yeah, people who were playing it couldn't shut up about it. And then oh, the people who were like, oh, why are they asking us to pay money for a game that's like three hours long? Well, just pay the fucking money and play the game, you thirds. <laughs> it was the same with Unpacking as well. Unpacking's like four or five hours long or whatever. And people are like, oh, I'm not going to spend all this money on a game that's only five hours long. And those are not games that you want to be longer than five hours. Exactly. No, it, That's the thing that always gets me. It's like these games, if they were longer than that, they'd be fucking boring. <laughs> like yeah. how, 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 how many hours oh. do you need of the goose carrying a knife around? For <laughs> it to I mean, be... I do love violence and I do love goose. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's funny for one hour. If you were to do it for 15 hours, Matt, it's, what it's you've so funny. That I have the brain of a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> jangle the keys in front of my eyes I'm going to be like yeah <laughs> everything I know about Stray is if it was longer than what it is then it'd get boring again yeah yeah. you wouldn't want it to like how many mechanics could you make by being a cat you know how long could that go for exactly uh, yeah <laughs> like not that long realistically <laughs> yeah I don't know it, it seems really bizarre to me because um the older that I've gotten, this is now coming along as like a, a age realization for me, I guess. The older that I've gotten, the more I've respected games that don't waste my time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't have the energy nor the effort to sit down to play something that's eighty hours but bloated. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, ge- I'm getting, getting value. Our age. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't care about value because if I'm gonna buy a game, I spent sixty quid on it tops. Sorry, 100 Australian dollars on a tops, 125 maybe. Um, and if I do that and it's 80 hours, but I only want to play like four of them because it's miserable slog, that's a waste of my money. Exactly. I'd rather have something that I can think back on and be like, wow, that was a great time. I enjoyed that thoroughly. I might play that again in like two years. See, I'd even say I would rather sp- spend more money for a decently developed short indie game like then pay like recommend retail price for like an AA game and find that like 10 minutes in this is a shit game and just be like over it i mean yeah. that's the, that's the thing I, I would i would happily pay full price for for stray because i like the idea of being a kitty running around the cyberpunk world you know playing with robots and stuff for five hours that sounds like a great time to me whereas the last of us could be 70 hours long for all I give a crap and I, I just don't give a crap because I'm, I'm very curious about who's buying the last of us and going oh I spent my money better get my money's worth time to collect 500 bottle caps yeah exactly exactly and the thing is right so there are games that are functionally endless and uh, designed around being kind of unlimited content that in principle I 
don't mind so much. Like, for example, Four Guys. I like the idea of Four Guys. Four Guys is is a fun concept that I would get a lot of kind of uh, enjoyment out of were at a more focused experience. But I downloaded the thing on Switch just to finally give it a go. And I played it three times and then realized I just don't have the, the time, energy, or interest in committing what Four Guys is asking of me to get the most out of it. Like oh, it's like season pass syndrome. It's like they yeah, want you to play season the game passes for as long and as they it, can. You, you kind of need to commit thirty hours per week to to get everything out of four guys that you need to, and it's just no, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I like I like four guys. I have a great time watching some people play four guys. Like there's a YouTuber that I a Japanese YouTuber that I like to watch. Uh, that he just kind of streams games and he has a great time with four guys and I enjoy watching his streams, but. I just don't have the time for four guys. <laughs> I love that he needed to clarify that it was a Japanese YouTuber because God forbid people think you would watch one of those Western YouTubers. Well, yeah, I don't want people thinking that there's like an American YouTuber that I... I, I I've got to stay on brand here, Harvard. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm a big fan of shorter games as well. I, I actually, I should probably qualify that because, because I do like RPGs, obviously. I like longer games as well. When it kind of is appropriate for the game to be that long. And I think that's always the thing that I've said is a game should only be as long as it needs to be to mm. have that full experience. If the game needs to be an 100-hour-long RPG epic, then fine, I'll, I'll take it on the, those merits. But if it is a game that could have been five hours and it's been stretched to 40 or 50, then that's <laughs> it. I, I, I have no interest in it. <laughs> Well, Persona is a great example. Persona 5 is no different to Persona 4, functionally. Like, it doesn't tell a story that's any different. It doesn't have themes that are any different. It is the same thing, really. And yet, Persona 4 is half the length of Persona 5. And Isn't Persona 4 already, like, 80 hours? Yep. Well, 60, really. 60, you, that, you can that, get that's through. That's what 5 feels like. You know, like, at the start, it's okay. And then you get, like... Like playing Persona 4 before, like I, I sort of knew where roughly I should be month wise and like how to space out the days and that sort of thing. And then Persona 5, it just gets to like, you know, like after a while, it's like, well, I'm still, there's still so much content. I'm like, what, what what's happening? And then they release like that extra character and all the other stuff. And it's like a separate game. And it's like, why? I don't yeah, want Persona to play 5, this. Persona 5 Royal, <laughs> which takes the 100 hour Persona 5 and balloons it out to 130 or so takes my biggest criticism of persona 5 and makes it worse it's just it's insane it's like that's a good example of a game that it has been stretched beyond its concept and it just it annoys me it, it really video games are the only industry where the only art form where this is an issue every other art form people accept the the idea that the artist should be the, the artwork should be as extended as it needs to be only. Um, I mean, Matt, there's so, always the Victorian novel from the 1800s. Well, you know, War, <laughs> and <laughs> War, War, and, War and Peace is a great example. War and Peace is a book that needed to be that long. It is a long book and it takes a long time to read. It needs to be that long and everybody accepts it on that merit. Nobody says War and Peace is great value because it is so long. Um, and by contrast, nobody says, oh, I'm not going to buy Animal House, Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Animal House, the movie. Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to buy Animal Farm because it's only, you know, 70 pages long or however long it is. Um, 
<laughs> it's just such a stupid argument. When you think about it, you apply it to any other art form, and it's just such a stupid oh. argument. I'm not going to go to the Louvre to see the Mona Lisa because the Mona Lisa is only 20 centimeters by 50. Yeah. yeah, 20 centimeters by 50 centimeters in size. I need a painting that's at least one meter by two meters before it's. Oh, but to be fair, those those big ass like giant wall paintings are cool as hell though. I again, I. I the, that's the thing if they need to be that big they need to be that big i went to an exhibition um of war art uh back when i can't remember what the the event was but they had a, a full archive of kind of art from uh, of paintings from world war one and two and uh they for what they wanted to convey and what they needed to be they needed to be massive size paintings it was part of the 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 whole theme of the the messaging that they were trying to get across with those paintings and those were kind of spectacular and interesting to look at but if the mona lisa was that big it would be pointless and, no, and nobody would suggest that because in the world of painting there just isn't that idea that value is connected to content which is the other point i have it's the the, the thing that really pisses me off is people say oh it's only five hours long so it's not worth 30 bucks and it's that idea that the value of the game is connected to how long it is. That is kind of the the crux of the issue that I have. If you don't the want to play five, is, they'll also if, go see a movie that'll last <laughs> for like you know an hour and a half to two hours, and they'll pay twenty five dollars. No, the it. the worst example of that is people. These people always everybody loves going to music concerts, right? So everybody goes to a music concert. A music concert is what two hundred bucks for four hours or whatever at most. <laughs> yeah. Um, the if you can if you're willing to spend that then the, the length of the game is not the issue that you have with the the price of it um oh i thought you were going to make a point about how like going to a festival which is longer is a worse experience than going to a concert of one artist that you i like, think it is which is <laughs> very true, true. especially when you get rained on yeah, yeah, say, yeah, like in Splendor in the Grass right now <laughs> Splendor in the Grass here yeah, it's a pretty pretty wet and miserable thing to be at right now um when has there been a good Splendor though <laughs> Oh, don't tell them that. Don't get mad about that. <laughs> There's no overlap between people going to Splendor and listening to our dumb podcast. Yeah, I'm all into this digitally downloaded. I'm like, listen to it while I'm listening to some good Zillas. <laughs> good Zillas? Good Excuse me? <laughs> you know, the one which is the, the, the feel good ink. Do, 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 do. Gorillas. <laughs> good Zillas. <laughs> that is a good stroke. <laughs> that is a good name. That is a good name for a band, actually. Good, good Zillas is a the really good, good name for a band. I felt like I just, I literally, like, my brain stopped working. <laughs> I was like, am I losing it? <laughs> no, Seahorse. The kids who are out of touch. <laughs> I'm older than you. Actually, yeah. going back to Persona 5, one interesting thing about that is because the human brain is really bad at doing proportions. So if you think about Persona 4 being 60 hours, Persona 5 being 100 hours, that's a difference of 40 hours. And in my head, that's like, oh, that's not that much more. It's mo not more than double. Whereas you could play Stray eight times in that amount of time or like eight games with the quality of Stray that you could in how much more time Persona 5 wasted of your life. Or just do a week of work. <laughs> like we'll think do about anything. it. <laughs> full, yeah, th think about it. Four, 40 hours is a full-time job. Um, so, yeah, if you think about that kind of amount of productivity that you need to put into to get a 
just to get one of these games done. It's it, it really is insane. And again, I, I don't have a problem with games that need to be long because they need to be long. But if it's just long for the sake of it, which is increasingly what game developers feel the pressure for to do, then we've got a problem. And that is really the the other problem here. It's game developers know full well, absolutely know that there is an expectation that a game needs to be this long, and that adjusts how they go about making these things. Um, Persona Five. If there was like an ideal world where the director didn't have to make the longest JRPG you can possibly manage, I, I imagine I, I'm 99% sure Persona 5 would have been a shorter thing if he was actually able to work to his creative vision because that was what Persona 4 was. Uh, but it's just things have changed and game developers feel this need to continue to throw content at people. You've got to throw more content. It's got to be more content, content, content. And it ruins games. There are so few games that you could do that to and not end up destroying things. Every time, every time there's a new Yakuza game, I worry because that creep of content is going to hit a point where it just the game falls over as a result. It hasn't happened yet, but with Thank Yakuza, God. with Yakuza eight on the way, I'm going to have that same concern again. It's going to be a bigger game once again. It's going to to be there. There will hit a point where it goes from being quaintly entertaining because it is that open world kind of experience to being just bloated shit and gonna recreate the entirety of tokyo have fun matt yeah that'll be it then i'm out once once it happens i tap out of yakuza and i don't want to do that i want to keep enjoying these games that i enjoy but because they feel this need to keep creeping the amount of stuff they throw into them it's just yeah it's like 50 square kilometers of tokyo you must eat once at every single izakaya in order to finish the game yeah, exactly. They're going to find ways of forcing you to do stuff that you just don't want to do. They're going to have 70 different escort management mini games in there and stuff. But... I mean, I'm down for the casino management games. I love that about like the, game, the series. Like That was like the best one where I had all my casinos, all ranking in money. You know, that was great. Yeah, but this is like, there's this pervasive thoughts that if players like one mechanic, the developers just like, let's just give them more of that until they don't. Yeah, it's like excess. It's death by excess. Absolutely. And it's very worrying within video games because it's never seen as like, why, like, what is the purpose of the gameplay in this situation? Like, what is it actually trying to do? And it's what Ubisoft did, where they were like, the purpose of the gameplay is to have the player play it. Actually, well, that's, that's the only purpose. You, you Can I survey to... you guys? What percentage of games would you say you play to completion? And what percentage oh. do you play until you get bored and fizzle out? Zero. Oh, like, like I, I don't play games. I, I think I have like one platinum on my PlayStation. Oh, not platinum. From... I just mean like finishing the story. Like oh, if you finishing the up... story, then I'll generally do it for games that I enjoy. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be a decent percentage that I actually finish. But in terms of, I mean, a lot of the time that isn't finishing the game anymore. Like there's all the post game or end game stuff, you know, that you, you're meant to work through. Even with RPGs, you meant to go and level up shit to to beat ex secret extra bosses, and that's the whole point of the game. And these kinds of things are, again, it's just more and more bloat to try and encourage you to keep playing. So I, I try not to engage with any of that. Like I said, I think I've got one one platinum from my entire time that I've had <laughs> my PlayStations, and that was just a game that gave it to you when you got to the the actual end of the game. So yeah. What's yeah. interesting is 
I don't. I feel like I don't know any major beats in like really long games. Like so, Stray, for example, I can be like, okay, well, in Stray, it's like say like roughly eight hours or something like that. Like I can say that you know to progress through the game, you have to do X, which then leads you to there, which then leads you to there. That's a major plot point, so that's part of that, which then you have like conjoining sections which then take you to there, then there, then there. So I, in Stray, I can be like, okay, awesome. That's the main beats of the game. That's why I need to do cool. But something like Persona 5 or other really long RPGs, I, I, I struggle to be like, okay, well, what are the main defining parts of that really long experience, which I could say definitely needed to be in that game? all made me enjoy that game and I, I really struggle to remember good parts of persona 5 um outside of like the theme and and, and maybe the music like it's like yeah i mean it's hard. great it, it's a great point there the the longer the game is the less stuff in it you're likely to remember coming out of it so um most of the, there aren't that many games where i would say that I remember more than a long games. I mean, that, that I would say I remember more than a couple of kind of key points. Um, I mean, we we're talking about Xenoblade Chronicles earlier. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, about the only thing I really remember I from no that. No idea what happens in that game. Is no the, clue. The only, the story beat, the only story beat that I really remember is the the first time that you kind of go down Put your under. your hands on my chest? No, go down under and run into the Aussies because I remember that because the Aussie accents were just that good. Um, well, not good. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Fun. Um, yeah. That game is also too long and also has the issue that a lot of JRPGs have where it's just a story that is for story's sake. Like, it's not in service of anything other than just being like, oh, well, isn't that's it the, quirky? That's, the, that's have... the kind of the, the MMO kind of approach that they've taken with the structure yeah, of those games it's not good and final final, <laughs> fan, final fantasy 14's a great example of that or any mmo but the one i played the most of is final fantasy 14 that's a really great example of that uh, i remember very little about any of the plot of any of the the game i have spent my time clock i eventually got up to like 12 13 14 15 weeks i don't know it, it was an obscene number of hours i put into final fantasy 14 over the years and Sure, that I remember in a general sense enjoying the game, um, but because it was just endless piles of content thrown at me, none of it is, well, it's not Wuthering Heights, right? It's not like I remember the plot of the thing and, and can kind of give you a summary. Um, you know, can't have, I can't really have a discussion about the plot of Final Fantasy XIV because I don't remember it clearly enough, if that makes sense. But there's one thing that you do remember about Final Fantasy XIV, and Alan, I think you know what that is. I'm smirking, but I, I forgot that like it wasn't a visual medium for a second. And I was smirking at the camera on my laptop very, very heavily. Well, yeah. I mean, Choco Chocobo shows up, and also, yeah, there's the Good King Mog thing. But that that's no. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, oh, it's a pretty good, pretty crazy. So, Alan, there's this song, right? It's called Good King Mog, and yeah. it plays when you fight the big Mog boss. It's like this optional oh, bonus you fight battle. King Mog. Yeah, yeah, it's this optional yeah. battle you don't have to do. But I've spent a lot of time replaying. I know I haven't told you this before, but I, I've spent a lot of time playing this battle over and over again <laughs> because the song is this really kind of D Danny Elfman style thing, and it's just it's great fun. Oh, I don't I remember any of it. I should listen to this song. I should download you it on should, my laptop you should. and use it every moment. I'll, I'll link you. I'll link it. 
Yeah, I should I should do that at some point. I feel like I'm wasting time if I don't. <laughs> this is a bad I mean, bit, but I'm here at for this it. Point, <laughs> just keep good King Mog. Like, there's no other music track in the world. I've heard I've heard yeah. tales of music tracks that were not good King Mog, and they were only spoken <laughs> of in hushed whispers. <laughs> I mean that's the that's the reason people were disappointed that the the, the festival got uh, rained out because it was just going to be each band was going to do their own interpretation of Good King Mog that was like the whole track playing. Yeah, it's like how Ride My Chocobo was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would unironically go to Splendor in the Glass if there was Good King Mog played by every single band which was on that lineup. Yeah, like, that like sounds like a great no time. A, fo- a folksy take on Good King Mog, a death metal take on Good King Mog. It's just, it's just Josh Pike being sad. <laughs> and, and especially with the reputation these sort of shows have for, um, you know, recreational activities, I think it would be very interesting. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> just say, just say <laughs> chuffing pills. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I... I this is not even a video game podcast at this point, but I thought of a very funny joke. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, in, instead of Splendor in the Grass, um, a, a soft drink company starts using artificial sweetener and calling it Splendor in the Glass. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you literally like, came up that with was, that because that was the oh, joke. they said glass instead of grass. Yeah, and I was like, that's genius. <laughs> that was the joke, Alan. That was the joke. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, very good one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just promised you promised so much there. You were like, I've thought of this really great joke and we're gonna do derail the whole podcast. To be and fair, then... I didn't say it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was a joke. <laughs> Well, it was a joke. I do agree with you on that. <laughs> there was a joke in there. I, I disapprove of the quality. However, you just had to get it out. Sometimes you just look, get it out. it'd be a shame. Look, it's art. It was a short joke. It didn't cost you much. Good value. <laughs> you don't have any children and we don't know about exactly. because that was a very big dad joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dad now. 